0: For it's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old ball game.
1: Welcome back to Short Hops and Tall Tales, a pictureless podcast highlighting the funny, weird, and bizarre elements of baseball that make America's pastime special. I'm Noah Scott, and I'm thrilled to be back with my co-host, Brandon Riddle. Uh, Brandon, long time no see. How are you doing on this this fine uh, afternoon? (laughs)
2: I'm enjoying it. actually is a very fine afternoon and I'm excited to talk some baseball, including somebody we've been wanting to talk about for a very long time now. So I know you're extremely (laughs) excited about this one. Eric Davis and the greatest hidden season of all time. So that is a heck of a story. And then of course we have the pickle jar. And then if we have time there, we have just because you know we're missing baseball right now, we just need to be reminded why we love baseball. So we might talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and you mentioned it, but I I think I've been talking about doing an episode on Eric Davis for for months a month or two, now. literally for
2: months now. Yeah,
1: yeah. So <laughs> I'm I'm very excited. I have we uh, were well, just going over that line, and I have what eleven pages of notes. You got or eleven pages of notes. So. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs>
2: buckle up. Folks. I'm I'm ready.
1: Um, I'm I'm prepared
2: and before we get to eric davis uh we have pick up trivia uh so when okay. we're recording this the super bowl was just like last week so it's still kind of relevant here uh so who won that? 15 what was that who, who won the Who won the super bowl
1: uh some i the don't city remember of los angeles wow that's that's wild the, of uh, anaheim? yeah yeah the los angeles <laughs> rams of anaheim you got it that's what it was okay i'm uh i'm the worst <sighs> This is what I had to deal with, folks. All right, so
2: 15 NFL quarterbacks that have played in the Super Bowl were drafted by teams in Major League Baseball. So, 15 NFL quarterbacks. Can you name three of them or four of them?
1: No, okay. obviously not. I no. thought you might get a couple. <laughs> I'm just gonna. Uh, uh... No. well, well, okay. So I can, I, I actually can think of two. I think. Um, okay, Let's it's here because my football knowledge in general is just severely lacking uh so but i do know that russell wilson was drafted by mm-hmm. the yankees i think um or was he drafted not by the he was yankees? drafted uh twice by the orioles and the orioles. rockies orioles and the rockies oh interesting because i i do remember he had uh he did spring training with the yankees a couple of years mm-hmm. ago but russell wilson he he's been to the super bowl um and of course tom brady was drafted by the expos uh which is hilarious uh now that he's retired i guess there goes the last remaining Montreal Ex- Expo, <laughs> I think this, yeah, that, that,
2: that I think this one active that was drafted by the team and then moved to Washington with them. I can't remember who it is off the
1: top of my head. It's not not Ryan Zimmerman, no,
2: well, can't he, be he just <laughs> retired.
1: Um, yeah, I think I think we're out of expos because I think because Cologne is retired. Um, is somebody
2: this is gonna bother me, it's gotta be somebody else, yeah, but yeah, I mean, that, that may have been it. Uh, so yeah, we, okay. we got those two. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was drafted by the Tigers, was he right? Really? Yeah, and then some kind of uh, a famous names. Are we? Are we sure that was Patrick Mahomes or his dad, who's also named Patrick Mahomes? Did his dad Patrick Mahomes throw in the NFL Super Bowl? Oh, you're right. <laughs>
1: well, no, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I hope so. No, what I'm saying is, is are we looking at Patrick Mahomes baseball? Like, because he's got the same name as his dad. Um, yeah, the
2: the the quarterback that was just recently won the Super Bowl. <laughs> Was drafted by the Tigers. Was he really? Yeah, I hope so. Otherwise, all my information. Wow.
1: Didn't. Yeah, they did.
2: Interesting. Yeah, it was. Uh, so Mahomes, you said Wilson, John Elway was drafted, Dan Marino was drafted, Joe Namath, Joe Theismann. Oh wow, Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. Wow. Um. You remember Steve McNair? Nope, never heard of him. Oh man, that was a good <laughs> Super Bowl. Uh, and then some. I'm going to say some other. Probably hall of fame quarterbacks. I don't know their names because NFL and me don't get along. But hey,
1: a couple more too. So that's neat. Yeah. Some big names were drafted by Major League Baseball. That's that's. I mean, it's also you know because the MLB draft, at least you know for now, there's so many people drafted too. Yeah. Wild. Um, Yeah. I I, I just think we
2: need more two-way players. I'm just saying. Two two sport players. Two sport players. Yeah.
1: Well, we did do the.
2: Let's get some NHL and baseball mix. I don't think we've ever had that. very interesting it's a
1: unique skill set come on guys i i think that would be really cool um i do know that somebody just there was an olympian who was like won a medal i think for for speed skating who i think he's in the dodgers organization right now as a minor leaguer but he 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 was also i'm not sure if he was on a world series winning team i uh i apologize i should i feel like i should know that but um So I feel like that's a cool, cool dual sport athlete. Yeah, it is. Of course, we did the entire episode about uh, two sport athletes. Uh, That was like one of the first five episodes I think we did. I think think so, yeah.
2: And and I'm sure we'll have an episode coming up where all we do is say the name Shohei Otani for like an hour. And that's all we do. And we'll be happy with it.
1: We'll do a a sequel to our our original Shohei Otani episode. That'll be fun. (laughs) (sighs) All righty. Well,
2: are you uh, ready for the deep breath? I am ready. Eric Davis months. He's been
1: talking about this. So I'm, I'm excited and ready to go. All right. So Eric Davis, also known as Eric, the red, uh, he was one of the brightest stars of the 1980s and, uh, one of baseball's biggest, what if stories, uh, just like, just like some of the quotes from players that he played with and people surrounding the game, uh, when Eric Davis was, was in the majors are incredible. So his teammate, Paul O'Neill, Uh, Called Davis the best hitter, best runner, best outfielder, best everything I ever saw. Mm, Nice. His teammate Dave Parker said, Eric is blessed with world-class speed, great leaping ability, the body to play until he's 42, uh, tremendous bat speed and power, and a throwing arm you wouldn't believe. There's an aura to everything he does. Tommy Lasorda said, Davis flat out frightens me more than any player I've ever seen.
2: And these aren't just like regular players with these quotes. These are fantastic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we got, we got more. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Pete Rose, who managed Eric Davis for his first few seasons in Cincinnati, said that Eric has more talent than any player I have ever seen in my life, including Willie Mays. I think everything said about him is justified. I saw Mays and Aaron and Clemente. But I can't imagine them doing more things than Eric can. I don't think you can get a higher, like, no, higher I, than that. I, I wonder if that's like
2: the full package of offense, defense, all the tools, five tools all together. It sounds amazing. I'm ready.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's wild because he just has all these like mystical like quotes about him. Um, and then, of course, Joe Posnanski, one of the uh, greatest baseball writers of all time. <laughs> I, think,
2: I think we quote him about every yeah, we, other we episode. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, he says, uh, you know, think of Eric Davis as the greatest folk hero of them all. Uh, he went on to say, you know, Eric Davis had like imaginary statistics because – it was pretty much something you could only dream of seeing a player accomplish. Uh, the old uh, video game numbers. Exactly, at video game numbers, and truly, as a power speed combo, you know, he broke the mold for what a baseball player could be in the 1980s. Uh, so, a little bit of background on Eric Davis: He was born in 1962 in Los Angeles, California, uh, in South Central LA. There, there's the connection. Yeah, there's the. <laughs> uh, they have to be connected to the Dodgers in some way, right? Is that is that the <laughs> rule?
2: Yeah. 7 um, degrees of LA Dodgers.
1: Yeah. But uh growing up in South Central, you know, that's he grew up in a rough area where drug use and crime, you know, that was that was prevalent. You know, it, it was a very vulnerable time for Eric Davis mm-hmm. being a, a kid growing up uh, you know, when he did. Uh however, he kept out of trouble. Uh like a lot of people do by going and playing sports. So he played baseball, he played basketball. At a local Fremont high school, where he would actually become an early athletic rival and a friend with another very talented ball player uh, who later became his teammate, um, Daryl Strawberry, who actually played over hey. at Crenshaw High. Uh, Davis actually uh, prioritized basketball growing up and he had dreams of playing in the NBA uh, because that, that was his main sport. Um, and he actually didn't really take baseball very seriously until his senior year. Uh, when he started to get attention from scouts because the senior year he ends up hitting 531 with 50 stolen bases while holding down shortstop.
2: So, So he didn't you know give it baseball the attention that it deserved or didn't really take it seriously
1: and he still hit it with 500 well he was a monster yeah and that's that's the yeah. thing is i actually Just step around was, see see how it goes when, I'm re- when I was researching him that's actually the lower number that i found because i found a couple other sources uh, that said he hit like 630 something oh my goodness you know and like of course it's high school but that's incredible especially still, that's when, imaginary statistics yeah when baseball's not your your favorite sport and it's not necessarily your focus at the time like mm-hmm. that's incredible so scouts started coming around to see davis um and so he started to see baseball uh, more and more as like a, an actual potential career path uh, and he he actually is quoted as saying you know i guess the first time i took baseball seriously was when the scouts started paying attention to me uh daryl strawberry uh, always mm-hmm. had more scouts watching him so there weren't too many scouts who would come down to fremont looking for talent uh but you know still obviously that talent was there Uh, And it's just wild because, you know, in high school, he's still learning many of the finer points of the game and even, like, some of the fundamentals, right? But he's still dominating everyone out there because he's just a monster. Uh, So, yeah, Davis, he was scouted by a handful of teams, including the local Los Angeles Dodgers. uh, But he did end up being drafted with the 200th overall pick by the Cincinnati Reds in the eighth round of the 1980 200th overall pick on the kid that probably hit over 600. It's well, the thing about Eric Davis is that, you know, a lot of it was his build too, because he was he was six two, which is, you know, tall, but it's not incredibly tall for a ball player. But he was only 165 pounds. He was really skinny, and that was something, yeah. you know, he was skinny throughout his career. Uh so he actually he got off to a slow start uh, in his minor league career, but he did, you know, start to become known for just having immense power at the plate. Uh, And just freakish speed. He was so fast on the bases. He actually swiped 178 bases in the minors, uh, which is just an absurd number across three or four seasons. Uh, And then it actually all came together for him to get his first call up to the Major League Cincinnati Reds in 1984 when he was just 22 years old. Now, have you not bad for someone who's just now taking baseball seriously? Right Um, now, Brandon, have you ever seen like old video of Eric Davis play? I'm sure I have, but unfortunately, embarrassingly I can't recall off the top of my head. Don't be embarrassed. It's it's cool. Um, well the thing that I actually so the thing that drew me to Eric Davis when I first learned about him was I actually first learned about him I want to say like four or five years ago playing MLB the show, uh, because he here was this player, he, he had this like really nasty uh, you know, player card, right? But his Mm -hmm. stance was so fun because he had a very relaxed uh, and distinctive stance at the plate. He looked very loose. He held his hands down almost like at his belt at his at his stomach. And he would just kind of like wave his bat back and forth in front of him over the plate. Almost like it points at like a horizontal angle. Like he kind of just stood out there with his hand just kind of like a 45 degree angle just like at the plate. (sighs)
2: I know that I know this stance. Yeah, yeah, I know. Definitely know the stance now.
1: And, you know, the that's for those of you that, that that's very atypical because usually you want your hands up by, you know, at least up more near your shoulders so you can, you know, uh, load and drive to the ball really fast. Uh, however, you know, Eric Davis had lightning fast hands, so he could actually do that and get all the way back up to load his swing and then you know snap into action and drive the ball with immense power when when it came to the plate uh, and that was just like I don't know it was just a very distinctive stance and that's really the first thing that I think about when I think of yeah. Eric Davis was just like how smooth he looked as a hitter and how relaxed he looked at the plate uh, and it's just it's very it's very cool it's kind of like Gary Sheffield you know he had the huge like bat waggle and it's it's like that distinctive yeah that's exactly what I was thinking about yeah Uh, But like I said, you know, Eric Davis, he he broke the mold really at the time and the Reds didn't really know what to do with him. Uh, He was incredibly (laughs) fast. uh, So they're like, hey, you know, maybe he's a leadoff hitter. Then again, he could hit the ball, you know, over the yard better than anyone. So maybe he's a cleanup guy. What a good problem to have. It's a great problem to have. Uh, However, the Reds did know that they wanted to make better use of his speed on defense, so they actually moved him from his position at shortstop into the outfield, uh, and that's where Davis would go on to become one of the game's most exciting fielders Mm -hmm. uh, during the 1980s. Uh, Now he was known for just a devil make care attitude. When he was uh, in the outfield, he would run full tilt to make these diving grabs. Uh, He'd crash hard into leaping into outfield fences to try and rob extra base hits. And he would get beat up because, you know, he's flying everywhere. He's really, really just going all out all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that I, I love about Eric Davis was he didn't really take plays off. You know, he, sacrifice his body and he he really he went all out every
2: every play which is a blessing and a curse to watch as a fan because it's amazing to watch while it's happening but you know it's gonna burn out fast and yeah. for just because it's a beat up your body so i think that's
1: some foreshadowing here yep a little bit uh so in his first uh in his rookie season with the reds he didn't really light the league on fire uh, however, he did show some flashes. He made some incredible you know, plays in the outfields. He actually uh, broke the Cincinnati Reds rookie home run record, uh, but he also he hurt his knee on a really hard slide in his mm. rookie season and he missed a few weeks. Uh, he made the team out of spring training in 1985, uh, but he got off to a pretty slow start and he was sent back down midway through the season. Uh, but it, he was he was good in the 56 games that he played in 85. He finished the year with, you know, a 246 average hit eight home runs, 16 stolen bases. Yeah, uh, that's good for a 117 WRC plus. Uh, again, the note there is, you know, 100 space line. So rule of thumb, about 17% better than the average player. Now, in his third season, 1986, this is where Eric Davis starts to put it all together. He started slow. As he did the previous year. Uh, but mm-hmm. then he started to eat up. Uh, so the first two months. He only had a you know 200 batting average. He had some pretty bad luck. Uh, 212 batting average on balls in play. Uh, he had 4 home runs. 12 stolen bases. Really nothing. Okay. Yeah, so. Nothing amazing. Uh, pretty you know below average. The, the first couple months. But then something magical happened. This brings us to uh, the title. Which is the greatest hidden. <laughs> season of all time. Now, we call it a hidden season because it didn't take place during, uh, you know, a traditional baseball calendar year, but actually between two of them, between June 11th, 1986 and July 4th, 1987. So this is, you know, 163 excuse okay, me, 162 yeah, 162 games in the span. He had 152 starts, uh, 659 plate appearances. So for all intents and purposes, it's a full season. It just didn't happen, you know, traditionally where mm-hmm. you'd say like, you know, 2022, You know, beginning to end it was just in the middle of two seasons which makes it hidden so it actually started pretty inauspiciously uh on june 11th he had his quote-unquote opening day uh, versus the dodgers (laughs) he came into the game in the eighth inning goes one for one solid sweet the next day they had a travel day they flew to atlanta to take on atlanta and then on june 13th he entered in the ninth inning as a pinch runner stole second base june 14th he again didn't start but he actually took over in the outfield uh in the bottom of the sixth inning when uh the left fielder nick Mm. Isaski uh gets hurt and then you know that game he goes one for one again scores a run steals a base now this is all pretty pedestrian i mean it's a good couple of games for someone who's who's been a bench player but you know he's not Babe Ruth yet. And, but actually, you know, that player he replaces is He actually goes on the injured list with, and, oh. and he, he hurt his thigh. Saski is going to get Wally Pitt. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> now Eric Davis suddenly has the inside track on consistent playing time as a starter. Now let's look at what he did with his opportunity. So from there on, from June 11th to June 30th, he was on fire. He hit 382, uh, you know, had a, uh, on-base plus slugging well over a 1,000, which is incredible. Uh, hit five home runs and stole 12 bases. Ooh. He had two games with a home run and a stolen base. Uh, he would later go on to do this 37 times in his career. Now, a quick pop quiz for you. Uh, do you know wow. the active leader for games with a home run and a stolen base?
2: Active leader. Um, is it? Was Cabrera much of a, spe- a runner
1: back in his day? Miguel Cabrera, no.
2: Okay. That was my guess. <laughs> Unless it's, we got Trout.
1: It's Mike Trout. Uh, he's, hey! he's done it 35 times and you just, you wouldn't know because nobody ever really talks about his, his speed anymore, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I was good at it. <laughs> yeah. And that's part of the reason I really love Eric Davis was that's a stat that is really cool to me. Uh, and it shows like really, you know, in a raw form power and speed, you hit a home run, you steal a base, you're making things mm-hmm. happen all over the field during the span from the 11th to the 30th he actually stole nine bases in six games uh actually that's from june 22nd to june 28th nine stolen bases in six games is ridiculous that's fun that's fun to watch the next month july 1986 he pretty much reproduces his his june uh where he's just scorching the ball again had a you know a 1167 on base plus slugging hit 381 cranked six home runs then he goes and steals 25 bases in 26 attempts in yes. 24 games yes oh, i love i love base stealers so much that makes me happy he is terrorizing defenses because the thing about a good a good you know speed threat on the bases is that now you know you've got to b- bring the shortstop in the second baseman a little closer to cover the bag mm-hmm. the pitcher's nervous because he knows you're gonna steal he's gonna rush the ball home to the plate might yeah. make a worse a worse pitch
2: it adds a whole new dimension to the game just by having that threat
1: on the path. Even yeah. if he's not going to steal, it still impacts the game. He's it's it's He adds pressure. He actually had four games with uh, three or more stolen bases during the span, and he stole four bases in a game against the Expos on July 24th, which is very, very rarely done because like, you have mm-hmm. to at least get on base twice to do that. And, or, yeah, yep, two technically twice, right.
2: yeah. Um, he finishes with a steel home yeah
1: he, he finishes July uh with six homers nine doubles. he's just hitting the snot out of the ball uh 1986 he's uh, not as as hot but he's still amazing uh, hits uh 256 but that comes with a 920 on base this is slugging. august 1986 August 1986 920 on base plus slugging and if you think like 800 850 that's good 900 and up that's great anything above a thousand like he's done the last two months that's incredible. Hits six more home runs, grabs nine more bases, Uh, actually hits his 20th home run of the year on August 25th, which made him an ex- a member of the exclusive 2060 club. That is 20 home runs, 60 stolen bases. That's I like that. That's rare. How many people have done that? Three people have done that, including Davis. The other two people are Joe Morgan and, of course, Ricky Henderson. Ricky. Uh, Now, Eric Davis would actually go on to reach the 2080 club as well with 80 stolen bases, only Ricky is has done that and Ricky did it twice actually in eighty-five and eighty-six, and then Eric Davis did it in eighty-six, and that's it. It's, wow. and that's something that I don't think anyone will ever do again because people don't steal bases like that anymore. Yeah, maybe a couple more decades
2: or what happened, the game changes again, but for right now, yeah, we don't steal nearly as much as yeah,
1: players did then. I think I think if somebody could do it out of the active players, maybe Trey Turner, I could like he's the only person i think that has that that ludicrous speed yeah it's possible i know i'd love to see it we'll see but for now that is just an incredible i mean regardless incredible achievement september to october 1986 getting to the end of the season you know he fell off a little more had uh more pedestrian 737 on base plus slugging uh only at 225 but he still stole 15 bases hit five home runs okay now at this point people are thinking Okay, this Eric Davis guy, he's he's starting to put it together. Uh he's had, you know, a pretty solid 1986. He's he's been you know pretty good up there, but and he's still young at this point. He's like what, twenty-five? Uh twenty-four? I wanna say he's twenty-four. Okay, um yeah, still plenty young. But it's it's one of those things where it's you know, at what point does a player go from being a someone who's put together a hot streak to somebody who, okay, maybe this is real, maybe he's a superstar. Mm-hmm. So Enter September 10th, 1986. And this is where we're going to defer back to Joe Poznansky, who has one of the coolest write ups that I've read about, you know, any of his work, really. So Posnansky, uh wrote this. He said, you know, nobody who was there will ever forget it. Not many were there. The official count was five thousand five hundred and seventy one in Candlestick Park. But there probably weren't even that many there. These were two middling teams, the Reds and the Giants, both hovering around 500, both on the fringe of being contenders. Nobody really cared. Davis was hitting cleanup, and he came up with a man on in the first inning against Giants starter Vita Blue. Vita Blue. He homered. In the bottom of the inning, Davis ran to the wall, leaped, and stole a home run from San Francisco's uh, Rick Lancelotti. Davis came up again in the third, and he homered again. In the fifth, he singled, stole second, and came around to score. In the seventh, Davis reached on an error uh, because his speed spooked the defenders, and he came around to score. In the eighth, he hit a monstrous opposite field home run off of Mark Davis. That's a four-for-five night with three homers, five runs, four RBIs, a stolen base, and a stolen homer. My goodness. Which is, I don't think you could do better than that. I mean, yeah. No, that doesn't happen often at all. I should have gotten, I don't like three home runs five five run like a stolen base and stolen stolen base and a stolen home that's all the tools right there that that is the player that is like a net of when you throw the stolen homer in there that's like a net of like six runs that he contributed to yeah like you you don't it's impossible for you to make a an impact like larger than that really uh after the game giants manager rod craig said uh roger craig said he reminds me of hank aaron except he can run better than aaron Oh. David said, I don't remind myself of anybody. So essentially saying there, you know, he's the first of his kind. That's a cool quote. Now this is a 24 year old who is being compared to greats like Willie Mays, Henry Aaron, Uh, you know, and it's, it's, it's incredible. Like he, that's how good he is at this time. 1986 uh, end of the season wrap up. So the Reds actually finished second in the NL West, which is hilarious that they played in the West when they were in Cincinnati. And they missed the playoffs. But Eric Davis finished the season hitting 277 uh with a 144 weighted runs graded plus, so 44% better than the average player, hit 27 home runs, stole 80 bases, had superb fielding and sufficient. And this is all with that slow start as well. Yeah, exactly. This is all after he he really you know took a while to get going. You know, his April uh and May were were not very good. He was hitting like 200. Uh, so this is really all June on. Um, He actually ends up finishing 12th in MVP voting and was worth, you know, almost five war, which is a really great season. Now, Eric Davis, he credited his batting coach, Billy DeMars with his improvement as a hitter because DeMars changed his approach at the plate, uh, getting him to tighten up his swing and go with the pitch instead of trying to pull everything. So, you know, that's, you know, he was seeing these outside pitches and he was still trying to pull them all to Mm. the left field where, Mm -hmm. you know, now he's hitting with the pitch and, and finding holes everywhere and really, you know, causing a Uh, lot of mayhem. So he's got his momentum behind him now. And he fixed his swing and that's apparently only half of the greatest season. That's only half of the greatest season. So now Eric Davis, 1987, he picks up right where he left off. You know, he takes all those lessons that he learned in 86 and he applies them. uh, And he comes out of the gates scorching hot in April, Uh, goes three for three with a home run and two walks with two stolen bases Uh, on opening day which is so amazing. Like can you imagine sitting in the seats, you're excited for baseball to be back, it's opening day and then if a guy puts on a clinic like that. That'd be incredible. He becomes your favorite player. Yeah, exactly. Uh in the first 2 weeks of the season, Eric Davis hit 469 uh <laughs> stole 8 bases. Uh he <laughs> it, it's it's just so So video video game numbers that's what these are again he he ends the month with a 1164 on base plus slugging seven homers nine stolen bases it's five doubles and a triple uh scored 20 runs in 20 games with 16 rbi he's he's just making making an impact every single day he suits up may 1987 continues his toward pace he hits two home runs on may 1st including a grand slam um on may 3rd a couple days later he hits three home runs in a game one to left center and one to right satisfying Uh, like which is just so cool uh also steals a base and and hits a single just because why not (laughs) and uh so he actually so when you count it out between you know from may 1st to may 30 hit five home runs with 11 rbi in three days three days is just unconscious uh so he he actually, so May, May's come around, he finishes the month hitting 329, has a, you know, 1200 on base plus slugging. He hit 12 home runs, 11 stolen bases in a month. Like that's unheard of. Uh, he actually gets put on the cover of Sports Illustrated in uh, that month, and he's compared to Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, <laughs> and Roberto Clemente. <laughs> The inner sanctum Hall of Famers. Yeah, they're talking about this guy as being as good, if not better than, yeah, the inner sanctum. Willie Mays, the best player to play baseball. Like, like that is, you can't understate that amount of praise. No. When asked about it, he said, you know, I'm being compared to the impossible. You know, what about the people I face every day? Tim Raines is the best. Mattingly's the best. Why not compare me to my peers? Well, dude, it's because you're just dominating them.
2: <laughs> that that's a loaded quote right there, too. <laughs>
1: like, like you're you're so much, you're head and shoulders above your peers. That's why they're comparing you to these these legends. Yeah, it's it's like the conversation with LeBron James. You don't compare him to the peers; we compare him all the time to the other players. Exactly. Uh, he hit three grand slams in the month of May, the month he was on the cover, becoming the first National League player to do so. He had six games with uh, four more runs batted wow. in. The dude was just like I can't imagine how much fun he was having because when you're in a you know in a hot streak in baseball like every day every time you step into the batter's box like he had to be having the time of his life uh, and then the other the opposite of that is how do you pitch to this guy <laughs> like you can't walk him he's gonna steal second and probably third base. Oh yeah like just- low and outside hope hope for for the the best best. (laughs) yeah (laughs) um and then we finish up the hidden season from june to uh july 4th 1987 still very very hot uh only hit 265 but again had a 908 on base plus slugging cranked another five home runs and 13 stolen bases because why not why not 27 runs batted in in 24 games now all of that is great But when we dissect it, uh, you know, month to month, it kind of can get lost on you. So I'm going to I'm going to read his full stat line. If yeah, like it it was a full season. Exactly. So 162 games, he hit 308 with a 406 on base percentage slugged 622. uh, So that's, you know, a uh, an on base plus slugging well over a thousand. He hit 47 home runs. He stole 98 bases. He was only caught stealing 12 times. So he was 90%. He had like a 90% success rate. 90% success rate. That is in the full season. I had to
2: and imagine with you know, over 50 attempts, it has to be. If, it's got to be the be best.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's incredible. He scored 149 runs, knocked in 123, and he was three home runs away from going 50 50. Now, at the time, nobody had even gone 40 40. I. And he was three home runs away from going 50-50 in this, this, you know, in this season. He was the best player on earth. He was putting up video game numbers, as you said, and he could not be stopped. More about Eric Davis right after a word from our sponsors. Now that, you know, our hidden season chapters come to an end, Uh, he actually kept up his play through July. We're back into the normal baseball calendar. He uh, yeah. So he he continued, you know, raking through July. He entered the All-Star break and he hit 321 with 27 home runs at the All-Star break uh, in 87. Good enough to net him his first All-Star appearance. Uh, He led off and played left field for the National League. He then hit his 30th home run of the season on August 2nd, uh, becoming the seventh member ever to join the 30-30 club, 30 home runs, 30 stolen bases. And just about everyone knew that he would breeze to being (laughs) the first ever 40-40 player. Wow. Now, since uh, this time, there have actually been uh, four players to go 40-40. How many of them can you name? So that was 1987, and since we've had four more,
2: um, so well, are gonna there, have.
1: There are only four.
2: Period. Four. Okay. Um, Bonds, I assume. Uh. Yep. Um. Alex Rodriguez. Yep. Uh. Griffey.
1: Nope. Not. Not King. Uh, um.
2: You can give me a hint for one. Otherwise, we'll just have to tell me what we got.
1: Uh. Sure. He owns a car wash now. Um. He's got one of the most chaotic Twitter feeds in in baseball. Um, the Lonely Island made a uh, a musical. <laughs> <laughs> made a there music he is. Video. There, there's Jose Canseco. Jose Canseco. <laughs> <laughs> there's your hint. He owns a car wash.
2: <laughs> I was like, wait a minute.
1: Who, who, what? And then the last one. Do you want me to give it to you, or do you want a hint?
2: Give me, give me a hint.
1: Okay. I I uh, he played second base, uh, for the Yankees. Uh, for a time he was also on the Cubs for a little bit, uh two thousands player. Oh um he hit that home run in the, uh Soriano. Alfonso Soriano, nice job. So yeah, so at the time nobody had done this, but since uh Canseco did it in nineteen eighty eight, he had forty-two home runs, stole forty bases. Barry had the same number. He just did it at uh in nineteen ninety six. A Rod did it two years later in ninety eight hitting 42 stealing 46 and then alfonso soriano did it again in 2006 man you know that trout guys a scrub you can't even go 40 40 yeah i mean it's 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 really hard and today i don't i don't know i don't know if anyone's going to do it anytime soon just because of how one how little you know people steal and Mm -hmm. two just because it's a ridiculously hard achievement Uh, but at the time of eric davis nobody had accomplished it yet so everyone was really chasing you know watching this chase uh, to see if he could you know be the first 40 40 guy and most people thought yeah he's a shoe in record scratch Uh-oh. september 4th 1987 the reds are taking on the cubs at wrigley field uh, ryan sandberg hit a ball very hard in the air and he sends davis back and he crashed into the wrigley field wall Uh-oh. So for those of you that don't know Wrigley Field it's of course got the historic ivy but behind the ivy it's it's brick it's a brick wall it hurts No So he takes away extra bases from Sandberg but he injured his ribs really bad he ends up having to miss 17 of the Reds last 27 games So 40-40 was out the window however he did finish 1987 just it was inc- an incredible year he was worth 7.1 war uh he had a 154 weighted runs created plus uh ended up slashing 293 399 593 with 37 home runs stole 50 bases uh scored 120 runs and knocked 100 of them in <laughs> even walked at a 15 percent rate which is pretty great Uh, Ends up, you know, clearing, cleaning house in the awards season. He won Gold Glove, won Silver Slugger, uh, actually only finished ninth in MVP voting, which is still a huge accomplishment, finishing top 10. Yeah, Uh, true. You know, and this was ended up being the best season of his career. Uh, And he was one of the the most sought after high, you know, most incredible talents of Uh the of the day. Now we move on into 1988, and just out of the gate, he uh, he was injured. So he was already missing time. So in May, he actually hurt his hamstring, and he tried to come back, or at least people thought that he tried to come back much much too quickly, which kind of hampered his performance when he was back in the game. Mm-hmm. So end of May, he only was hitting 220 with a 696 uh, OPS, had six home runs, another still had 15 stolen bases, which is really impressive coming off of a hamstring injury. And that was kind of just the story of his 88 season was he was just collecting bumps and bruises everywhere. So he got hit by a pitch uh, in June, had to miss four games, uh, Uh, had to get carted off the field on the 4th of July with a bruised knee, which caused him to miss three more games. Uh, He actually only played in 135 games, but that was actually his career high in a season. was 135. I, I don't like where this is going, Noah. Well, you know. We're, we're in it now. So, uh, you know, he only played 135 out of the 162 games and, uh, he actually never cleared 600 plate appearances in his career, uh, top. And he actually, he, he had 562 in 87, but he never really got too much closer than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, But he did bounce back to finish 88 strong. He had an 852 OPS, uh, hit 26 home runs, 35 stolen bases. Still still good numbers. Still great numbers. He had 141 WRC plus, like one of the most productive players in the game and most efficient players in the game. And he won his second gold glove for his stellar defensive play now 1989 rumors started to grow uh from all sides of him possibly being traded rumors that he wanted to be traded rumors that the reds wanted to deal him uh and he gets off to another slow start he actually tore his hamstring on may 2nd he missed 14 uh. games but by the end of june he came back and he was hitting 293 with a 919 ops hey which is incredible he only had four stolen bases but he tore his hamstring that's pretty understandable Can't him there yeah and he was named to his second all-star game and selected for the home run derby which he won it's really hilarious because i went back in and tried to find info about the home run derby which is kind of scary seeing as it was 1989 right but he went up against guys like bo jackson but he actually won the derby with three home runs <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love those derbies. It was hey, I
1: got four, and you win. Such oh, a okay. such a far cry from what we know the home run derby to be today. Was it like
2: rainy or things like no, nope, it was it was <laughs> it
1: was sunny Anaheim. But yeah, he's you know despite the torn hamstring, he's still playing at a at, you know a very very high level. Uh, he started the second half of the season very strong as well but he literally he ran into another wall on September 3rd and he ended up missing four more games with a strain who rest. keeps putting walls there that's what I'm saying. But, you know, 1989, he still finished having had a stellar year. Uh, he hit 281 with a 908 OPS, 34 home runs, 21 stolen bases, which is down. But again, oh, yeah. torn hamstring. Knocked at 101 RBI. Still had a 151 WRC+. plus. So he's still one of Great. the best hitters yeah. in the game. Like he, he's just collecting injuries like, you know, a bingo card. But he's still... We, we just need to give him some sensu beans and he'll be right back on track. Seriously. And he won his third gold glove and his second silver slugger award. So he's still just a superstar, even though he's, you know, he's missing all this time. Uh, 1990 rolls around. He had signed a three year, $9 million contract in the off season and he starts slow again. And, you know, that's a lot of players start slow. It it Mm -hmm. just, it happens uh, because it's hard to get your rhythm, but he ends up, you know, injuring his knee and missing 23 games in April and May. And that's really hard to bounce back from. Uh Uh, He struggled to find his rhythm And he did actually start to turn things around and get got hot in late August, which is, you know, last month ish of the season. He hit 355 with a 1050 OPS, eight home runs, eight stolen bases. But the last week of the season, he crashed into the left field wall in Cincinnati. (sighs) Ah, Stop it. Stop putting walls there. It's just one of those things where he every play he went all out and he. He really tried to do whatever he could to make the out, and but at the same time, that has a cost.
2: Yeah, you love it and you hate it.
1: Yeah, he finished nineteen ninety, still solid. Hit twenty four home runs, twenty one stolen bases, eight thirty three OPS, and a one twenty five WRC plus. And the Reds actually made the playoffs for the first time in Eric Davis' his whole career. You know, and it we weren't talking about the big red machine anymore, but they had Barry Larkin. Uh, They're led by a pretty great pitching staff of Jose Rio tom browning rob rob dibble and they won the nlcs against pittsburgh in six games eric davis wasn't very good hit 174 with a double but who cares we're in the world series uh we're taking on the powerhouse oakland athletics led by ricky henderson davis played very well he actually jump-started the reds with a uh two run home run in his very first at bat in the first inning off of uh, dave stewart uh, and he was actually the 22nd person to ever home run in their first World Series okay, at cool. that. Very cool. But during that game, you know, he hurt his left hand because he dived after a line drive and he fell really hard. Mm-hmm. In the first three games of the series, though, you know, he hit 286 with that home run, five RBIs, and the Reds won three three games in a row. Now we move on. Looking good. Looking very good. Now we move on to game four. Uh, the Reds are trying to uh you know finish the sweep and win the world series first inning a guy named willie mcgee hits a sinking line drive into left field davis goes all out to try and make the diving play Uh, he actually catches it ragdolls a little bit and rolls over and the ball pops out of his glove so you know the play is finishing up Eric is not getting up. Uh, he is clearly in a lot of pain clutching his left side. And frankly, I watched this on YouTube. It was really hard to watch. Um, not that injuries are ever easy to watch, but the trainers, they they had to go and check on him. And mm-hmm. for like 10 minutes, he's like down. And the announcers have this bit of dialogue. And they, the play-by-play guy says, you know, his, his right hand went down, his left hand went down, talking about like injuries earlier in the season. You know, mm-hmm. he's got the sore left shoulder, sore right knee, it could be any of the four things, and then his partner goes, "I think it's his ribs," <laughs> and it's like you just listed five injuries that this guy's playing through. You know, it might have been the head, shoulders, knees, or toes. And then they say, "Yeah, well, actually, his right elbow's giving him the most problems." I'm like this poor guy is like held together by scotch tape and and fire to stay in the game. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he he actually does stay in the field, and he limp he's limping really heavily. He looks really shaken off, shaken up, but he's due to lead off the next inning. They get three outs. Eric Davis jogs in. He actually collapsed, and they had to carry him off the field. Oh, no. And they actually sent him to the hospital. It turns out he had a lacerated kidney. Uh, it was torn in three places. Very, very dangerous. Like, wow. like potentially lethal. And he, and he stayed in the game for three outs after that. Would... Yeah, or two, two more outs. But still, <laughs> uh, he ended up having to spend forty days in the hospitals to recover. Uh, meanwhile the Reds did actually go on to win game four and they finished the sweep so he became a World Series champion yeah but doctors it was so bad that doctors actually suggested he take the entirety of 1991 off from baseball to to recover and heal up yeah Eric Davis he declined he actually got knee surgery in the offseason as well and he was back in the lineup on opening day 1991 Uh, clearly wasn't at full strength but he did have a hot a hot start to the season Uh, Then in June, missed 14 games with a hurt hamstring.
2: I've heard this song before. Yeah, it's
1: it's rough. Uh, You know, he was decent uh, in the first half, but he fell off in the second half more. He missed 27 games with a condition called chronic fatigue. And he finished 1991. uh, Really not in good form. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, 235 batting average, 109 WRC plus, which hey, still above average. uh, Only played 89 games and only uh, hit 11 home runs with 14 stolen bases. And so at this point, the Reds are cutting their losses. They're betting against him returning to health and returning to his form, despite all of the sky, you know, the sky's the limit with his potential. Yeah, I
2: mean, you got to take that.
1: Yeah. And so it's a little understandable, but they actually traded him to the Dodgers for Tim Belcher and John Weddeland a pair of pitchers. And now along with this, now Eric Davis is actually going home to play with his old high school friend and rival, hey. Daryl Strawberry it all comes back around now a really cool part about this so if you we actually interviewed uh fred clare back in short hop 16 and we talked about this trade with him uh so go listen to that it's a really really interesting conversation really is yeah yeah and so uh, his pal daryl by this point he had had his own struggles of but his were more off the field struggling with addiction and essentially the reasoning was that maybe a return home to los angeles would be a good fresh start for both players which i agree with you know yeah uh 1992 it looked like it was working out had another hot start 2 weeks into the season it was hitting 388 with a, a 1159 OPS hit four home runs five stolen bases everything's looking great starts to cool off in May and actually missed 24 games from May from late May Ugh. to June he broke his collarbone and then in early September his season came to an abrupt end when he hurt his his shoulder which required surgery he only played in 76 games that year. The first season where he was in below average hitter with a 92 WRC plus hit 228. But 1993, he's back with the Dodgers, actually hit 20 home runs, stole 35 bases, but was traded to Detroit at the end of August when he was really struggling. But 1994 rolls around. Uh, so he actually, poor guy. Goes on the injured list again, has a pinched nerve in his neck on May 23rd, causing him Ah. to miss 57 games. My goodness. Came back July 26th, and the day he comes back, he left the game early with a pulled groin. He cannot catch a break. Like, and it just gets worse. It just it, gets, it just keeps going. Now he ends up going undergoing off season surgery in '94 for a herniated disc in his neck. This was his eighth surgery in seven years. Doctors advised uh, him to retire because he was risking paralysis, and he did. Mm-hmm. He he actually retired. Uh, so Davis, he actually spent 1995 managing several businesses, and he was following along with uh, baseball. And he actually saw yeah. the Reds play the Dodgers in the NLDS, and he felt it. He felt the itch inside of him to compete again.
2: Yeah, You have the talent like Eric Davis. You're going to always have that kind of itch.
1: Exactly. Uh, and just the drive, like everything he's he's battled through and he's still playing baseball. So after he retires for a season, he actually signed a minor league contract with the Reds in 1996, and he made the team. He had a superb spring training. Excellent and a good start to the season but he actually missed 11 games after making a diving catch on may 25th that hmm. bruised his ribs and literally like the day before he went four for five with two home runs like this guy poor guy like that sums him up so well it's just it hurts it hurts but he finished the season actually having a very excellent year i hit 287 917 ops and a 143 wrc plus in 129 yeah, that's great. games uh, still going. Twenty twenty at twenty six home runs, twenty three stolen bases. He's thirty four now, and this is a year after he was out of baseball entirely. He comes back, hits twenty six home runs, steals twenty three bases, and is one of the best hitters in the league with a one forty three WRC plus. Incredible, like that that you, he can do that at thirty four for an athlete. That, yeah, you know, who's coming back after a year out of the game he put up a prime season when he's 34 years old and he actually won comeback at player of the year which is very deserved coming back from uh yeah. from all those surgeries and the uh, literal retirement now this is this is pretty wild so he ends up signing with Baltimore as a free agent in 1997 and he gets off to another hot start he's 302 906 OPS through May 25th but on May 25th he actually His stomach is really hurting him and so he comes out and he has to miss time and they they get him checked out turns out eric davis has colon cancer oh my stop it unbelievable baseball god stop it so it turns out that he has a malignant tumor uh that's uh, as eric said in his his biography autobiography it it was the size of an orange like and so he has to end up having surgery to remove a third of his colon (sighs) on june 13th uh he then goes through very extensive chemotherapy uh, to prevent the tumor from returning
2: yeah so he's definitely out the rest of the season because you gotta take care of yourself and then
1: the madman returns to the lineup on september 15th you cannot stop him what it is the most incredible thing i think i've ever read So this so Eric Davis, you know, he gets off to an amazing start, gets sidelined because he has literal colon cancer that's eating him up and then gets surgery, goes through serious chemotherapy and then comes back to keep playing baseball on September 15th. And he does great. (laughs) And he's amazing. He goes, you know, end of the season. But in eight games, he hits, you know, three ten. He ends up ending uh, 1997. Uh, having hit 304, uh you know, 358, 525, with a 129 uh WRC plus in 42 games. He had cancer. He 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 was getting chemotherapy and playing baseball. Oh my god. I can't imagine Holy just crap. the the amount of both like mental and emotional strength and even in physical strength too.
2: It it reminds me of you know the story of Achilles when the gods you know dip him in the river but except for the ankle but he has the strength and skill of a god, but unfortunately, like, none of his body got dipped in the river, but he's still Achilles. It's
1: it is remarkable just the amount of of drive and just like tenacity that Eric Davis has. Yeah. Um, that now Baltimore, they go to the playoffs, they're down three to one entering game five. Eric freaking Davis comes up as a pinch hitter and hits a dagger home run in the top of the ninth to give Baltimore a 3-0 lead wow this is a guy who I, I i understand i'm repeating myself he had cancer he had a, a tumor the size of a baseball in his body and he's coming back and he's hitting playoff home runs <sighs> i just imagine number one having
2: he's been a fan his watching that and then how that felt for him as well going oh, through
1: all of that and he that I, I i i would love to talk to eric davis and just ask him how he felt you know rounding those bases because i can't and this is the other thing like he's 35 this is a time when most players are retiring or they're mm-hmm. on their way out of the game he's 35 comes back from cancer you know comes back from literally like all those he's got what like double digit surgeries at this point and he comes back and hits a, a pinch hit clutch home run in the playoffs like it's 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 really a movie like this is like honestly a movie script just writing it yeah Um, now the orioles they they win that game they ended up losing the series two days later Uh, but end of the season eric davis he wins the roberto Clemente award for the most inspirational player won the fred hutchinson award for the player who both best exemplifies character dedication and competitive spirit 1998 he's 36 years old he's back in baltimore and he is back on the field. Now, he's older now. He can't run like he used to. He doesn't have the power that he used to. Oh, wait, he kind of does. Um, he So he's split in time as a, a designated hitter. Has a strong start, hits five home runs in five games to start May. Ends up playing 1998 uh, and putting up one of the best seasons of his career. He hit 327. had a 970 OPS for the season, Almost had a thousand OPS and a 151 WRC. At
2: 36 ball. years of age. 36 it, young years man. of age.
1: And he's doing it. He was fourth in, in the American League in batting average. He hit 28 home runs, even stole seven bases. And he had a 30-game hit streak during this time. Ooh. You know, during that streak, he hit 10 home runs and 10 doubles. This is at 36 years old. After oh, feels good. after nine or ten surgeries, after cancer.
2: I I really thought coming to this that this would just be a, a a peak moment at 24 and all downhill, but he has entire chapters
1: of his career. This is amazing. Dude is a legitimate force. Like like you could not tell Eric Davis no. Like he he was he, he was that guy um 1999 uh he did actually get a two-year contract out of the out of that season in 98 uh, and signed with the cardinals had a very solid first half uh you know hit 257 uh but it was cut short after 58 games because he tore his rotator cuff and needed surgery was it a wall i i don't know um 2000 uh he actually had a very very strong season uh he was a part-time player he played every couple of days uh but he still hit 303 um you know still hit you know one take that you absolutely yeah, take that. wrc plus in in 92 games so he's 38 and he's still you know on a very good like above average player uh even stole a base and then uh he played a admittedly rough final season yeah, for the sir. giants in 2001 before finally retiring for good eric davis ended his career uh with a slash line of 269 batting average 359 on base and 482 slugging Good for uh 841 on base plus slugging and a 126 WRC yeah. plus. That is a great player. That is. That is very, very good. Uh he hit 282, 282 home runs, uh, stole just under 350 bases, uh knocked in uh 934 RBI and scored 938 times himself uh Played in uh just over 1600 games across 17 MLB seasons. Became an All Star twice. Won three Gold Gloves, two Silver Sluggers. Won a World Series in 1990. And just for sprinkles on top, he won a Home Run Derby mm-hmm. and and one time cancer beater. Exactly, the most impressive. <laughs> I can't get over that. And but he came back I, after getting. Oh. I can't get over that. He had double digit surgeries. He had cancer. And he still like he still came back and was an amazing play. Like, yeah,
2: incredible. That 98 season was phenomenal.
1: Yeah. And so today, Eric Davis, he's a uh, an honorary member, uh, uh, honorary board member of the Multiple Myeloma Research Foundation. Uh, He's the been the special assistant to the general manager for the Reds, uh, a role he's been in for the last 13 years. Um, and truly just a remarkable and inspiring person, both off and on the baseball diamond. And this is the quote that I'm going to end it on because I think it more than anything sums Mm -hmm. up Eric Davis's career. And he said, they'll have to tear this uniform off of me one day. Perfect.
2: Amazing. Absolutely. Perfect.
1: Like, I just, I can't imagine like, like I I've, I've said a couple of times, but my mind is blown. Like. It's truly just rightfully so a Hollywood, <laughs> just a Hollywood story. Like he's just such an incredible player, and he keeps and coming back after every single step back. He had literally just like like more injuries than I could even count, and I tried to count while I was going through this and he had 10 more like double digit surgeries he was getting surgeries on multiple parts of and his it's body it's not and- like these
2: are like yeah you know, we're going to clean up your elbow really no. quick. these are major surgeries he's
1: getting major surgeries he ripped his his uh his kidney kidney he ripped his kidney in three, in places. three places and he's stuck in the game like he's literally and then he he came back and i think that's something we we kind of glossed over was he came back at the end of 90 uh 1990 with the you know the lacerated kidney and he still started on opening day after spending 40 days in the hospital
0: Uh,
1: like it's just a folk legend
2: i think that was exactly right he is i think that was exactly right a
1: legendary player that i really want more people to know about because his story is just so inspiring but what was his autobiography called if you remember so his autobiography was titled "Born to Play: The Eric Davis Story." That makes sense. Uh, truly a remarkable story, um, and one that I was very glad that I, I finally got to got to share. Yeah,
2: I, 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 you had eleven pages. That there's no way we're going to go through all this. We're going to be kind of <laughs> bored by the middle of it. No, every step along the way
1: it was like, "There's more." It Tell was- me, oh my goodness, it keeps getting better or worse. It was. It was just like like truly a page turner because he, he just like, he, he very clearly has different stages of his career and it just Uh all comes together for that, that home run uh, in the playoffs in Baltimore. That is just like, just such an amazing moment. Uh Uh, And it's, it's incredible. I highly suggest looking up his career on, on YouTube and just checking out some of his highlights because there was a reason that he was in the same conversation as Willie Mays, as Henry Aaron, as all of these inner circle legends of baseball. And just that final quote: "They'll have to tear this uniform off me one day." Like incredible, and and he's still in baseball. He's still he spent a decade over a decade the game, man. in baseball. So Eric Davis, major props. All right, and uh, really, really
2: quick. Um, so we we are an hour in. Yeah, we are. <laughs> do we want to uh, save the pickle jar and the can, discussions for next time? We
1: can do that. Yeah, this could okay. just be a. <laughs> this is the Eric Davis shot. special.
2: Yeah, which is okay. Yeah,
1: wild. Just, just so wild.
2: Actually, enthralled me. Like, I'm tired. I want to do this. And oh my goodness, Eric Davis is amazing.
1: It's just one thing after another after another. The injuries, just like he'd come back immediately, get hurt again, and then, and and it's it's wild because he was just such a small guy. He was 165 pounds. Like, it's just, it's crazy. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, I I don't I can't imagine having that much like. You know, I would I would have just read the room and be like, "All right, I'm retiring. I got my money. Yeah,
2: I I got my nine point two million. I'm I'm done. Yeah, I'm out.
1: Yeah, but and that's why he has that like like that final like last hurrah in 1998, where he he comes back and has a vintage season as the 151 WRC plus, and he's like. 36 years old. <laughs> like,
2: yeah, man. That's amazing. And he decides to give a go after that as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, if I could get $9 million out of that, yeah, well, I, yeah I would sure. too. <laughs> That's fair. Just nuts. Um, all righty. Oh, I guess we gotta, we gotta wrap this up. Uh, yeah. Take up, us yeah. home, Noah. All right. So if you liked what you heard, uh, please be sure to follow short hops and tall tales on Twitter at short Follow Brandon at BD Riddle and myself at Noah A. Scott six and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts and uh, leave a review if you like. Tell your friends uh, and be sure to check out Eric Davis's autobiography uh, titled Born to Play the Eric Davis Story, uh, Life Lessons in Overcoming Adversity on and Off the Field. So for Brandon Riddle, I'm Noah Scott, and this has been the Short Hops and Tall Tales podcast. See you next time.